0: Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mooney Ponds Baptist Church podcast. Here we upload our weekly teachings that happen every Sunday at our 10 a.m. service. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us. And check out our website at mpbc.org.au Good morning, everyone. This reading comes from Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to verse 25. Instructions for Christian Living. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your Form a way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen.
1: Well, we'll continue on with our uh, series um, through Ephesians. And we're getting into the sort of um, the application end of Ephesians, so it's uh, it's uh, good stuff to to try and understand and try and uh, listen to what the Lord might be saying to us through this. So let me pray as we begin. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that uh, in Him we have life and life eternal. We thank you for the change of life that comes through Christ. We thank you for the work of your spirit in us. We pray, Lord, that you would minister to us each by your spirit today that we might uh, hear your words and apply them to our lives. We might go away from here, not just having listened but actually taken on board and applying these things to our lives. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so um, it's great to be here. When um, when I was young, my first car was actually an H.Q. Holden station wagon. I bought it when I was 16 years of age. I actually had a mullet in those days. Yeah, they were the they were the days. Not having a lot of money, I uh, I bought a car that had a fair amount of rust in it. And uh, a lot of cars at that time had rust. And my car, my Holden station wagon had rust all along the bottom of the tailgate in the back and also had sort of rust down the bottom of those corners of the doors. And uh, my friends also had Holden station wagons and so I was quite anxious for mine to look as good as theirs. So uh, I uh, I was working at the time so I decided I'd pay a panel beater to cut out the rust and to give my beloved car a paint job. My, with new mag wheels and a shiny new paint job, my vehicle looked very, very cool, and I thought I was very cool too. Uh, I drove around in it, and, uh, but then after about six months, I noticed rust colour started to appear where the panel beater had cut out the rust. And soon bubbles of rust started to form, and then holes started to develop. And I was really disappointed because I'd paid good money, but the panel beater hadn't done a thorough job. And it seemed that the renewal that my car had experienced was only on the surface because the panel beater hadn't dealt with a rust in the core of the panels. You know, at times my walk as follower of Jesus has seemed a bit like my HQ Holden station wagon. When I came to Christ, I wanted to be made new. I wanted the muck and the junk in my life, I wanted it gone. After I met Jesus, I felt quite shiny and quite new. But then after a time, other junk, or some of the old junk seemed to hang on or, and appear and, And I felt a bit shocked and a bit disappointed by this myself and confused about where these thoughts, where these behaviours came from as I thought that Jesus was supposed to have dealt with these. In fact, just the other day while I was running with Simeon, uh, he, he was on his bike and I was running. I was shocked again by sudden thoughts of, I don't know where they came from, thoughts of aggression that I felt towards other road users who were on the road as we were crossing this bridge uh, up near our house. I wasn't even driving my car. I was actually running, and people hadn't done anything wrong. But from out of nowhere, I just started to uh, started imagining drivers doing something nasty to Simeon as we crossed this bridge, and uh, this sort of thought sent my mind racing. In my thoughts, I imagined myself wrestling with an imaginary driver of an imaginary four-wheel drive. And in my imagination, this four-wheel drive owner had swerved towards Simeon on the bridge. And then I saw myself bounding out in front of the cars and stopping the vehicle. I'm not sure exactly how I did this, but this is all in my imagination, all in a split of, split of a second. And then I did, then I imagined myself doing some incredible kung fu kicks on this poor fellow as I dragged him out of his four-wheel drive to teach him a lesson about road rage. I was shocked by what I was imagining myself doing. You see, the thing is, I don't even know any kung fu moves. But, but more than that, I wondered where these dark thoughts came from and why I... Experience them as a follower of Jesus when my life was meant to be transformed by Christ and more important, what do I do with this sort of stuff in my life moving forward? Perhaps you're not like me. Perhaps you've never had a dark thought or been confronted by your own sin and shame since you've become a follower of Jesus. Perhaps you've mastered the sin and shameful things in your life. If you have, then you can relax and you can think about what you're going to eat today for lunch because my message isn't for you. But if you are a follower of Jesus and you are someone who is shocked by the the junk and muck in your life like pride and anger and lust and hatred, self-hatred, addictions, then I want you to hang in with me this morning because I believe that Paul has something to say to us this morning that will lead to our ongoing transformation so that we can be changed from hulking rust buckets to people whose lives are being renewed and transformed by Jesus and shaped by his truth and love. There's a hope and a definite expectation, isn't there, in our, that our lives will be changed, that our lives will be different when we become followers of Jesus, isn't there? There is, isn't there? Do I see any nods? That's it. If there, otherwise, if there wasn't, why would you be attracted to Jesus? Why would you want to follow Jesus? If there's no change, then then looking to Jesus would be like seeking refreshment or life-giving water from a mirage. You expect transformation in your life. And this was also what Paul expected himself and he told the Ephesian Christians that they should also expect, even though they'd experienced setbacks along the way. But the good news for us today is that Paul tells us how we can actually experience ongoing transformation, even if, even as we live in a, in a world that's uh, full of brokenness and, uh, and as we experience sin and shame in our own lives. And so the first thing that Paul wanted the Ephesians to know was that 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 uh, that the life change that Jesus brought them was not just a surface level change. It wasn't like the, the paint job that I had done on my car, which really was just covering up this rusting hulk. The transformation that Christ brings to people is Sarah going and deep. He's not just making a few improvements to you. He's not just making you a better version of yourself. Is in fact making all, all things new, including you, which is what is promised and declared by God in Revelation 21.5 when he says, I am making all things new. This promise uh, might not be an immediate uh, encouragement to you, especially if you've you know, just done a few kung fu moves in your life and you, and you don't feel very renewed this morning. You may feel, in fact, feel this morning a bit like a rusted-out wreck, but this isn't how God views you. And if you feel that way, if you actually feel defeated by your sin, then this is, this is, in fact, part of Satan's own plan to make you think that you're a dud Christian and that there's no point in following Jesus. And we do refuse that lie. But before Paul can get on to his main point about how how transformation takes place in people's lives in a dynamic and real manner, he first reminds the Ephesians how they used to live and he reminds them of what the root causes of that life were. Paul doesn't uh, just immediately start talking about specific issues of sin that characterise the Ephesians' life. Instead, he actually zooms in and he focuses on the cause and the root of sin and that they were actually struggling with he says that the way they used to live was primarily because their minds were filled with futile and dark thoughts and this was what drove their behavior and their attitudes it was their distorted minds that led them to live the lives live lives that were self-centered and impure And it wasn't the other way around. Long before psychologists established a link between people's thought processes and their behaviour, Paul is actually telling us here that destructive, sinful, abusive behaviour actually originates in our minds. Child psychologists have been telling us this for years, haven't they? Which is why many parents restrict what their kids watch on TV. The unfortunate thing is that as adults now, we believe that uh, we actually grow out of this need for monitoring what we watch and what we listen to because we think that somehow we're mature or, uh, or we can, or, or that uh, we can handle plying our minds with anything and believing that it won't affect us that much. But it does. There's actually a link between what you think about and what you do. Many couples are experiencing problems today in their relationships and their sex life because of pornography. Porn is literally ruining our lives and our enjoyment of sex. It's not making it better, but actually making it worse. It fills people's minds with images and expectations that no one can achieve. And it leaves people feeling unsatisfied and inadequate. Let me tell you that viewing porn is a sure way to kill a good sex life and the relationship that you have with your partner now or if you're young and you don't have a partner yet, it's a sure way to kill your good sex life with that partner in the future. But it's not just obvious things like filling your head with pornography that will affect your behaviour negatively. We're served, aren't we, a constant drip of half-truths and outright lies and violence and negative messages through media constantly, which we often think nothing of or we think, oh, no, I can handle that. Our primary ethicists today are leading us to ruin. We, uh, we, We allow actors, radio announcers, musicians, sporting personalities to actually fill our minds with their thoughts, which go on then go on then to shape our thoughts and our actions. We're actually allowing those people to sort of live rent-free in our heads. Media companies and media identities are now being sued because of the impact of their platforms and the content of their platforms on people's lives. Take the recent court case against Instagram. Instagram. uh, According to a recent survey of teenagers and young adults, Instagram was declared the worst social media platform for mental health and well-being. Instagram, for those who don't know, it's a photo-based social media platform where you post your photos of what you're doing or what you're wearing or what you're eating for your friends to see and uh, and then they post theirs and you look at each other's. And it has some good elements to it and, and in the spirit of openness, I have an Instagram account. But the problem is that uh, it's also associated with high levels of anxiety, depression, bullying and FOMO. And we all know what FOMO is, don't we? The fear of missing out. Because actually when we look at people's fab photos of themselves, doing this or that or wearing this or that or eating this and that, we actually can often feel uh, depressed and, and, uh, and despairing ourselves. That our own lives are not like that. But it's not just your Instagram feed, just take a look at what's also posted on Twitter and Facebook, and you'll see that people, that's actually you and me, okay not just those people out there, we're actually filling our minds with a whole bunch of stuff that's actually leading us individually and as a society to harm and despair. Therefore, the first step in your ongoing transformation or renewal is to recognise the destructive passions that destructive passions, behaviours and attitudes actually begin in our minds and they develop further by what you feed your mind with. This is what what Paul said fueled the lives of the Ephesians before they encountered Christ. Their minds and their thoughts were filled with futile and dark thoughts which led them to be driven by their own lusts, greeds and uh, desires. But then Paul says that life changed for the Ephesians when they learned Christ. This was when they actually developed a relationship with Jesus. They experienced renewal and transformation in their lives from knowing Jesus because by knowing him they received forgiveness which is actually essential for dealing with the junk that's in your life. It's not just by closing your Instagram or Facebook account that you'll experience renewal or transformation. That that won't be enough. You need to have a relationship with Jesus because only Jesus can give you forgiveness and only Jesus can actually reorientate your life to things that are good and godly and pure and help you discern the futile... What, the the thoughts you have to help you discern the futile and dark thoughts that fill your mind and shape your life and actually give you power to do anything about those things. Only Jesus can do that. Have you come to know Jesus firsthand yourself? If you haven't, then it's impossible to go and experience a new life that He promises a, a, a new and transformed life begins with learning and knowing Jesus personally. Many of us and many of, you, many of you do know Jesus and have experienced his renewal. And this renewal was exhilarating for you. I can still remember when I first encountered Jesus in my teenage years. And uh, at that point, my life really did change. God did something in me that enabled me to see myself and the world differently. From that point on, I received a new identity in Christ and I received a new hope about life where I didn't have any. But after encountering Jesus, I found that I still continued to struggle with different temptations and sin, and I still do, as I've, as I've already shared this morning. So what are we meant to do? What are we meant to think when we struggle as Christians with, with different sins? What are we meant to to think when we struggle with anger in traffic or lust or when bitterness, jealousy and pride, when they rise up in us, do these things nullify our experience of Christ? Do they actually pour water on Jesus' promise to make us new? The issue is not that God hasn't delivered what he's promised nor is it that you've only received a partial, partial restoration job. The issue that, which Paul is showing us lies with our concept of transformation and our understanding of actually who's involved in the transformation process. We tend to think of transformation as a one-off event in our history which occurred the day that we first believed. When in fact, transformation is something that was done then, but which is also something that's ongoing in our lives every day. Paul says that the Ephesians put off their old way of life and they put on the new when they first learned Jesus. They actually changed at that very moment they started to know Jesus and were given new identities. But the process of transformation didn't end there. They continued to be made new in the attitude of their minds. In a way, transformation and renewal is a bit like being married. On the day that you get married, you're really married, aren't you? You're not half married, but on, the day that, on that day, you don't know everything actually about your partner, you, nor do you live in marital bliss from that time on forever. Well, Wendy and I nearly do, but occasionally, you know. It's not, or, or, uh, or when you argue with your spouse, it doesn't mean, or when, when they do something wrong, or you do something wrong in your, in, your, in your life and you come together again for forgiveness or something, it doesn't mean that your marriage ends at that point when you argue. Marriage is actually an ongoing process as well in which you grow in your discovery of each other and in your enjoyment of each other more and more through setbacks and victories. If our transformation and and renewal then is a process, then it means that that it actually begins with God. It's something that God does. He initiates it and he actually is the one who has the power to renew us. But he also gives us a role in caring for our minds and what goes into our minds so that we can continue to be transformed in our Christian life. It's not rocket science, is it? If you fill your mind with pornography, violence, gossip, half-truths or whatever from whatever source, then it shouldn't really come as a surprise to us that these things actually shape how we see the world and how we operate in it. But but also, if we fill our minds with things from above, then our lives will be shaped in a different way by those things. This is what Paul's driving at here in this passage. And you see, after this passage, after this section in chapter 4, Paul goes on to list a number of behaviours and attitudes that the Ephesians had already put off, but in some ways they were needing to continue to put off in their lives, such as lying, anger, stealing, unwholesome talk, bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, every form of malice. They were still there, otherwise why would he mention them? These aren't just a list of of sort of prudish nanny traits either, are they? They're actually attitudes and behaviours that that actually no one would be happy about in their life. They're they're actually universal struggles which are damaging and corrosive to people's lives. They're also the very things that probably also once characterised our lives and in some ways still touch our lives from time to time that we need to deal with even today. So how do you practically go on? go about putting off things and that still drag you down? And how do you put on the new? How do you put on Christ so that your life can be transformed? Or to be transforming, that would be a better word, wouldn't it? Paul says that the place we need to focus our attention is actually on renewing our minds. Paul said the same thing to the Colossians, but in a, a slightly different way. He, uh, he, in a slightly different way, when he told them, to set, he, he told them to set their minds on things above, not on earthly things. So our role then is to try and filter what goes into our minds and to decide what we allow to stay there and what we, what shouldn't be there. In a sense, I did this the other day while I was running across the bridge on my afternoon run. When those dark thoughts came into my mind, as I were there, suddenly mid-thought, mid-stride, mid-kung-fu kick, I realised how dark my thoughts were and so I challenged them there and then and I cried out in an arrow prayer. Thank you, Colin Buchanan. I shot an arrow prayer to God and I said, I cried out, these thoughts are not from you, Lord. I reject them in the name of the Lord Jesus. But filtering what goes in your mind and challenging the poor thought patterns is only half of our role. We also need to develop our minds so that we have the mind of Christ. And we do this by filling our minds with things from above instead of from things from below. And the way you can do this is by spending time reading Scripture, by listening to Scripture, by praying, by watching uh, programs that actually help you understand more about God. And that build up your knowledge of God and that help you learn Jesus so that you know Jesus more personally and so that you can have the mind of Christ on all matters as you go in your go through your week. And this is vital because if you actually have the mind of Christ, then you'll be more consistently you'll you'll be more consistently Christ like in how you how you live and walk and behave. Second, you need to embrace the fact that renewal and transformation are actually an ongoing process. That requires your involvement. It's no good trying to live a maintenance-free life. Okay? You're not a battery. You're a person and so we need maintenance in our lives. You were not recreated in Christ to, to this sort of set and forget format. Paul says in Romans 12.2, do not, be, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here in this passage, there is this command here for us to be active and engaged in the process of renewing our minds with things from above. And lastly, we need to be alert and aware, learning to recognise the things that pull you down and the things that actually ensnare you, and they're different things for different people. The writer of the book of Hebrews, he told his readers to throw off everything that entangled them and tripped them up. This is another one of those uh, put-off illustrations. But this time the put-off illustration involves this athlete. And this athlete's running and he's trying to win a, win a race. And so the import, the race is so important to win that the writer says that he needs to identify the things that are clinging to him, the things that are actually around his waist or whatever that's actually slowing him down and stopping him, and actually throw them off, literally rip them off and throw them away, even if it leaves him running naked. Friends, perhaps you're weighed down today by shameful things that you have thought and said or done. If you're not a follower of Jesus and have not experienced forgiveness and cleansing for these things in your life, then Jesus invites you to come to him today and receive this from him, as well as a new identity as a child of God. Someone who is made clean by God, by what God has done through Christ. But if you're a follower of Jesus, who feels more like a rusty old wreck than a renewed being, then he also invites you today to recognise that God has made you new, but he's also making you new each day and you'll experience his renewing as you enter into the process of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus by the renewing of your minds from things with things from above and filtering and challenging the thoughts that are from below. Christ not only saves us, but he gives us the resources to live as his followers in a sinful and broken world in ways that are honouring to him and also in ways that are a blessing to those people that we live amongst. As the rest of the band comes up to lead us in our final song, which is from the inside out, I want to invite you to make this song a prayer for your life this morning. The first verse of this song says, a thousand times i failed still your mercy remains and should i stumble again i'm caught in your grace this is the truth and the hope that christ offers us all today it's not a, a fantasy world that jesus invites us to enter into nor is jesus calling us to to leave the world that we're in it is to live in this world with all its brokenness and all its shame and be people who are touched by this brokenness. People who are literally walking with a limp, but still walking on in Christ, seeking to be like him. Because Jesus is changing us step by step, moment by moment, into his likeness. There is nothing more beautiful or appealing than Jesus' way in life. And I want to invite you, as we we sing this song, to enter in, into it in a, in an attitude of prayer and tell God today that you want your life, you want you want this life, and you want him you want this life to be uh, you want him in your life, and you want him to help you be changing every day, beginning from the inside out today, so that you can be more like Jesus. Let's sing together. Thanks, Jesus.